Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager of so-called fantasy experts and founder of fantasysixpack.net. My regular co-host, AJ, is not here today. He's getting ready for a, uh, uh, a big big celebration weekend for him. Uh, him and his wife are having their, their wedding party reception uh, this weekend that they were not able to have earlier. So he's got a, a lot of things on his, on his plate. So he's taking the, the week off. In his place this week, though, is a guest co-host, uh, Keenan Keeling. What's going on, man? <laughs> Is that the reason that AJ's not here? Correct. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to have a chat. <laughs> Why? No, I'm just giving him a hard time. I was going to say, that seems like a pretty legit reason to miss. <laughs> it's been like three days, you know. Oh, we got a lot yeah, to do. I, three days away. I mean, what, what could he really have to do? It's three days away. All he has to do is show up and look look nice, right? I mean, you know. That's sort of true. I don't think AJ realized that by not being on the podcast this week, he was going to get railed. <laughs> uh, all right, fair enough. I guess uh, I guess he'll have to expect that when he comes back from you. Anyway, man. Um, so glad we have you on. I wanted to get you on anyway, because. Um, you know, we, we don't get you on very often, and, and usually when we do, it means that it's very close to the start of football season, and that's, that's very exciting, very exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, and because we get you on here to speak on some DFS. And perfect timing because you wrote, you wrote an article, and it posted today, about just some general tips. You wrote 10 rules, 10 general tips it's more geared I guess maybe more geared toward the beginner but it's it's really could be used for anybody I mean oh yeah it, it, anybody you know except for maybe the, the true sharks of, of the of the night but uh but yeah well, everybody I mean, can use the primer yeah exactly exactly I mean it's you know if you haven't played fantasy DFS fantasy football for a while obviously Nobody's played since January, unless you've been playing some preseason. Then, oh, I mean, yeah, was that directed at me, Joe? Maybe, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I might be making fun of you for using, you know, fifth fifth teamers. Anyway, well, <laughs> there's an edge to be had in in, in preseason daily fantasy football. Uh, I can tell you that. I plan to uh, to play tomorrow as well. Oh my gosh, I'm guessing you're not watching the. Uh, I forgot the Redskins game is on tonight. They moved it, right? Because of that hurricane coming through or whatever. 
Yeah, there's basically no reason to watch. You know, week no, four absolutely not. Unless, unless, of course, you're playing preseason daily fantasy. Um, but enough about that. I don't. I don't want to uh, bore all our listeners with my uh, degenerate behavior. Um, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. You know, I, I, but I wrote the I wrote the article, and, and it is a, a geared more towards beginners because I, I expect that even with the the fewer ads run by DraftKings and, and FanDuel this season, I expect there to be another influx of new players coming coming online and and trying out the games because frankly they're a lot of fun. Uh, also. Both sites have introduced uh, sort of more social, more season-long style uh, games, uh, friends leagues, where basically you can play against your buddies. You don't have to play against me or a bunch of other people who have been doing this for years. You can play against just your friends, and you can, uh, uh, you know, play daily. So you get to you know pick your players every week, but they'll keep a leaderboard for you, things like that. So uh, I expect there to be a lot of a lot of new players. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And so, you know, I read through this article, you know, you've got 10, 10 tips going, you know, from just basic general knowledge of of how to, you know, get in and play and, and the rules and, and things like that, all the way to kind of specifics about the positions and stuff like that. I want, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we do have a lot to cover. There has been a crazy amount of news and movement in the NFL the last week since we've last had this show. And I want to get to all of that to get everybody prepared for their drafts, which I'm assuming the majority of drafts are within now to next Wednesday. Um, And so, but I do want you to go through, you know, give your, your top two or three here, like your most important two or three out of this whole list. Sure. I mean, the number one thing to think about when you're when you're deciding to play daily fantasy football or any sport, frankly, is why are you playing? Um, it's it's very easy when playing this game to get frustrated or to get mad or to to do things incorrectly and to uh, 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 you know go through your bankroll and you know there's a lot of things you can do. But the re- reality is, is why are you playing? If you're playing because you want your shot at a you know the millionaire maker, you want to win a million dollars. All right, great. Like that's perfectly reasonable reason to play a million dollars is a lot of money, but that's going to affect how you play. Um, You're probably not going to want to invest too much money any given on any given week, because it's really, really, really hard to win a million dollars. I mean, just think about it. Only 17 people are going to do it this year. So, you know, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I tell people is just figure out why you want to play. Maybe you just want to have fun. Great. You know, that's going to determine how much money you want to spend. Um, you mentioned the rules. It, you'd be surprised how many people don't know that FanDuel is half point PPR and DraftKings is full point PPR. Or that, that DraftKings has uh, 100-yard bonuses for running backs and wide receivers. You know, you have to know the rules. You, you know, you, you look up your rules and you know your rules before you draft your season-long league. Make sure you know your rules. Um you know, for, for both FanDuel, DraftKings, or any of the, of the smaller sites you may play. Um, and I, I would leave the, uh, uh, the individual position tips for people to go check out on uh, fantasy6pack.net. Uh, you know, you can read those there. Some, some decent tips on high-level tips on how to pick um, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, et cetera. Um, the last sort of nugget that I, I do want to pull out for folks is – Attitude matters when it comes to this kind of thing. And so it's important to be humble 
you know, I know when I first started playing daily fantasy, you know, I was coming off of pretty much dominating every season long league I was in, not to pat myself on the back too hard. Um, but the reality is I thought I knew everything and I, I even came into daily fantasy and I, I won my first contest, made a nice $50. You know, and of course, I immediately thought that I knew everything there was to know about everything. And then I probably <laughs> lost that and many more dollars because, you know, it never occurred to me that I needed to learn. And so being humble with this game is going to be key. You know, go and read everything you can. Um, you know, you can read my stuff. I'll be having articles every Friday, you know, just listing and talking about the plays I like for the week. Um, but there's plenty of other resources out there. They're not hard to find. Um, you know, read as much as you can. Learn from people uh, because the game of, of daily fantasy football is not just about knowing football. And I would, I would say it's more uh, a game of economics than it is, you know, a game of picking players. So those are just some things to keep in mind. Um, and for more, you know, just head on over, read the article, uh, you know, and then, you know, reach out to me on Twitter. If you, you know, have any questions, we'll give you that later. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it was a good article. I, I shared it with a guy at work who is thinking about getting into daily fantasy for the first time. And, and, you know, he, you know, he's been playing daily or regular season long leagues for a while, just like you said. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about just jumping in, you know, 250 bucks is my cap. If I lose it, I lose it. And I was like, well, that's not really the attitude to go into it as like you want to win. He's like, oh, of course. But I'm like, I'm like, well, you've already, you sound like you've already like decided you're going to lose. And so I, you know, I sent him this article. I'm like, look, this is a fantastic article. I'm like, I'm trying to really get into it this year. Like I know the basics, but this is, this is already more than what I know a hundred times. It seems like, you know, just because of your breakdowns by position, like quarterbacks and running backs and receivers and tight ends, like, you know, you and I have discussed this, but is this, seems like it goes to another level than even what you and I have discussed and, and it's great. So, and he liked it. He liked it a lot. He's like, wow. Yeah, no, this is, this is way more involved. Um, so it's, it's yeah. definitely good stuff. I, I definitely recommend anybody checking it out, especially if you're new to the game or, you know, you just want to, you know, brush up your skills before you jump in there week one. I'd recommend it, you know, writing it, you know, even helped me kind of, rebalance my own uh, uh, expectations and my own processes for the upcoming season, because I've, you know, I've been in baseball mode and, and ba- basketball before that, which are completely different than football. So yes, um, yes, it's definitely worth a read if you're, if you're getting in and, and, and trying it out. Absolutely. So moving on, man, it has been a crazy, crazy week in the NFL. Um, it's been crazy. Wow. The preseason has been relatively quiet. Like we've had a few injuries here and there, you know, James white and we've had the suspension, but those were like kind of early and they didn't make a lot of noise for some reason. I mean, Le'Veon Bell suspension kind of did, but But that came before the preseason. Yeah. I mean, like, are we used to this at this point? Um, (laughs) I mean, with him, yes. Right. And so with, with, you know, anyway, so like those, those happened early. They made a lot of noise, but they were still, you know, it's three things. Nah. Yeah. Dude, this week has been nuts. Um, the preseason caught up to itself. You know, let's, let's just start with the most recent one that, that, that I, 
saw yesterday, and I'm sure everybody knows about this by now, the Teddy Bridgewater injury um, done for the year. Who knows how long he's actually going to be out. They're not releasing really any information about it except the fact that he definitely tore his ACL. He dislocated his kneecap. I mean, this thing, they're saying this was so bad, they just shut down practice 25 minutes into it. They say, go home. Yeah, I heard um, heard that that before. Well, not for a long time. And I even heard that they they brought the ambulance on. He left in an ambulance and that. The other players were, yeah, they were visibly shaken. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's supposedly at least a 12 month injury or more. And, you know, it's already looking like he may not be back for, you know, week one next year, let alone any time before that. So I think the, I think the Vikings are pretty much now out of the playoff picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably pretty safe to say. Unless Sean Hill decides, <laughs> yeah, okay. unless he wants, decides he wants to figure out how to play quarterback and he had a foul. Um, well, Sean Hill was a pre-service. He's probably one of the better backups that we've seen in the last decade. I mean, it's just that he's, you know, a million years old now and hasn't played a down of football since 2014. So, you know, he's serviceable. Fair point. I still don't. I don't. I still don't think he's very good. Well, I mean, look. I'm not saying put him on your fantasy rosters. I'm not saying roll him out week one. Uh, but you know, as Come far on, as he'll be dirt cheap in DFS. Well, I mean, look. There's cheap, and then there's just crazy. Um, you know. <laughs> you know. You know somebody's rolling out there with Sean well, Hill. He'll one. he'll be five. He'll be five percent owned. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it, I can't fault anybody for putting a you know dirt cheap starting quarterback on their tournament team at low ownership you know, and then letting them load up on, on high price wide receivers and running backs. It's just, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even going to put, I wasn't even going to get, you know, Dak Prescott, who's also dirt cheap. But if I'm going that low, I definitely want Prescott over, over uh, Sean Hill. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to detour here a little bit. Why in the world do DraftKings and FanDuel why do they post their uh, dollar amounts? They're so early. I mean, for this reason exactly, like they're going to get some really strange, some really strange things, you know, well, for week one. You know, this is, you know, you and I, we, we talk often about things and I, and I like to screen capture things and, and post it to you for you to see. And this is an instance where I would do that. And I would take a screen capture of the, of the million dollar tournament that they're trying to fill. They have, you know, you know especially DraftKings, they've got these giant prize pools that they have to, that they have to fill. I think it's a, I think they're running a, it's, either, it's a $5 million millionaire maker for week one, but only a $3 entry. They have to get 2 million people. Oh, wow. Two million people to sign up for this tournament. So the earlier they post it, the more chance they can they, they'll have to fill it. Because um, what they do is, in addition to people, you know, just signing up for it, they run qualifiers, or they run a run a not qualifiers, they run a, uh, these tickets. So you can you win another tournament and you get tickets to play in the Millionaire Maker. For example, I played preseason DFS last week. I won four tickets to the Millionaire Maker. Um, nice. And so 
that, so that's why they post it early is because they need those tournaments to fill or come close to filling so they don't have to outlay so much money. You post it five weeks before the season starts. I guess you go five weeks to get excited, to hear your ads, to be told by a friend, to win these tickets, win their seats, and to try to fill up these giant tournaments. And you'll notice next week, or week, sorry, week two of the NFL season, that instead of having a $5 million millionaire maker, they'll probably have a $2 million millionaire maker because they'll only have a week to fill it. I gotcha. That does make sense now that you say that. That did not cross my mind for some reason. So a very, very good point. All right. Also, back to they like to make me dance. You know, I make a lineup. And I, yeah, I make a lineup. Oh, and then I, I, go gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. That was funny. Um, so, yeah, back to Teddy Bridgewater and the Vikings, man. So, all right. So, Sean Hill moves in. We obviously know Teddy Bridgewater's done for a year, if not a little longer. What does this do to the rest of the Vikings players? AP, Diggs, Treadwell, hmm. Rudolph, et cetera. Well, I mean, personally, and, you know, you sort of know my, my strategies. Um, I was never on, you know, Adrian Peterson anyway for this season. But honestly, for him, I don't think it does anything. Um, the uh, – the year he ran for, for 2,100 yards, that was the year after his, uh, uh, his big injury, he, he ran for 2,100 yards. The Vikings had like the 27th ranked pass offense in the league. So mm-hmm. he's going to be good regardless of how good that pass offense is. So if you were, you know, considering drafting Adrian Peterson in the, top, in the first round, you know, or even in your top five, this news shouldn't change that, in my opinion. Um, in fact, I read a stat earlier today because that's what I do. I just read stats all day. Uh, I read a stat earlier today, and I don't remember the raw numbers, but it basically Im- implied that he was averaging something like five yards a carry with eight eight men in the box. So, wow! <laughs> it, just, it just frankly, he, he's a machine, and it does not matter how many defenders you put in the box; he's just going to win. Um, on the other hand, and I think you'll back me up on this one, is I think this completely kills the fantasy relevancy of Stefan Diggs and uh, and Treadwell. I I, I kind of like Diggs as a, a late round pick. Uh, no, sort of a flyer, sort of a guy that's shown he can do it. Um, he's been looking good in the preseason. And, you know, if, if Bridgewater is able to, to get him the ball, he's going to get the targets. So I was feeling pretty good about him. I mean, he's completely off the radar now. You can't trust Sean Hill to get any of these guys the ball on a consistent basis. Yeah, no, I, I do 100% agree with you. In fact, I was on a uh, radio show this afternoon out of Iowa. And uh, they asked me, they asked me this exact same question. So, and my answer was exactly the same thing you just said. Uh, I'm pretty much completely off of all the Vikings receivers. I wasn't really on Treadwell to begin with. I wasn't really super high on Diggs, although, like you said, you know, late round flyer, sure, he's going to be the number one. He'll get targets. Nah, why not? But. And you know this better than anybody. I do not draft second-round Minnesota second-year <laughs> Minnesota wide receivers anymore because of basically me? you convinced me to draft <laughs> two of them two years in a row, and I will forever never take a second-year wide receiver from Minnesota. Um, <laughs> thank you very oh. much, Charles Johnson and Cordero Patterson. Yeah, for, for all the listeners that, that don't know, this is a running joke because <laughs> for the last three seasons, I've convinced Joe that he should draft Cordell Patterson um, or 
to the guy whose name you just said I'm forgetting. Uh, because, oh, Charles, Charles Johnson. Johnson. And I was, you know, these are my guys. And in both cases, just complete flops, just terrible. Yeah, well, they both, um, they both had good second halves of their rookie year. And then it was like, oh, up and up, guys. Like, finish strong. Let's get them while they're on the up. And then nothing. Nothing <laughs> the next year. I dropped them both by, like, week three. It was just like, what did I just do? And I was not about to make the same mistake as, as Stephon Diggs. Um, uh, well, well, frankly, I haven't really – you know, I like him, um, but or I liked him, but I haven't been able to get him much anyway because of where I'm drafting my wide receiver. So it's probably for the best. I'm saving myself – from myself, you know, falling in love with wide receivers from a offense that runs the ball 35 times a game. Real yeah, no smart. kidding. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I mean, I, what. I, I agree with you. What do you think about Rudolph now? Like, do you think having a maybe a more conservative quarterback like this might help Rudolph? Maybe like in PPR leagues, get get more targets. I don't actually. I don't. And first of all, I don't really like Rudolph anyway. But that's not Rudolph's not a um, Rudolph's not Heath Miller in terms of his game. He's more of a, a red zone. He's a you know big tall tight end. He's more of a red zone tight end. Than he is a, a safety valve tight end. Um, and I don't trust this Vikings offense with Sean Hill to do anything close to the red zone very much. And when they do, it's going to AP all day. Um, I don't. I don't expect you know Rudolph to do anything more than he normally does, which is randomly have. You know, a two touchdown game twice a season, and I would like you to tell me when that's going to be, because then I will start him at min salary on DraftKings. Otherwise, I'm not going I, to I tell, tell you anything because I'm going to be playing against you when I'm using him. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But all right, well, in that case, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this plan because I I don't think you can pick which weeks those are going to be. <laughs> I don't think I could either. I tell you what, though, I tell you what would make me slightly interested in this Minnesota offense. Um, and that is when, when they go out and sign another quarterback, because there's no way they're going 16 games with Sean Hill. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've even seen a bunch of news today sort of saying, suggesting that they're, they're going to look outside of the agent, outside of the organization for a quarterback. Um, they don't, and then yeah, they don't believe that uh, Sean Hill is a 16 week or 17 week quarterback. So um, if they were to go out and get somebody that could get more interested, but probably not. Who are they going to get, right? Mark Sanchez when he gets released from Denver? Yeah, the, if you get released from Denver and they've basically got two rookie quarterbacks, um, <laughs> hey, you are here. not good. So, <laughs> and McCaff, the, the Browns have already put out a statement saying they're demanding a high pick from McCown, so he's out. I um, love that the Browns are like demanding high things from people. Like, <laughs> these are the Browns, right? They're like, I will not give you Josh McCown for, without a high pick, as if Josh McCown is the second coming of Peyton Manning. Yeah, that I saw that and was like, why? I would just be happy to get rid of McCown. I guess maybe they don't really believe in RG3 as much as they're yeah. letting everybody believe, which as Redskins fans, we know how that feels. Well, um, even more important than that, I would say, is that it's not so much you don't, they don't believe in him, but it's that you know they've seen the number of roads – that lead to failure for, for RG three. It's not just playing bad. It's, it's any number of things. He could break a hip or a leg or an ankle. He could alienate his entire team by saying ridiculous things. So, you know, <laughs> I think they want McCown around just in case RG three fails and they can go like, you know what, let's put the veteran in, you know, give us a chance to win a couple of games while we 
you know, search for our next answer at the position. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I agree. So moving I mean, on, man. We, uh, yeah. I, you were going to say something else? Oh, no, I was, I was, I say things all the time and, uh, I was going to say something about, uh, getting away from, not getting too far away from, from Minnesota. Um, I was just going to follow up to say that I, even if they did get a quarterback though, I, d- I just can't see myself ever actively trying to get any of these guys on my roster. Um, and they'd have to come in with a package of some sort where they're like an ancillary piece and I may hope to get lucky, but pretty much I'm, I'm staying away from this offense entirely. And I may even look to target them with defenses this season. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. So another quarterback injury happened last week. Uh, Tony Romo injured his back, broke his back. <laughs> this guy, man, he really has no business being on a football plate anymore. He is just, he is fragile at this point. He gets hurt every time he gets hit. And, you know, now, now it's time for Dax Prescott. You know, it's, <laughs> Everybody's been going crazy over him in the preseason, you know, thinking he's, you know, he's the savior for Dallas. And now everybody's going to see if he's the real deal or not. You know, Romo's out, what is it, six to 10 or eight to 10 weeks? Oh, I mean, no, I I saw today that uh, Jerry Jerry Jones said they don't know when he's coming back. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't think he's really coming back. I think he's, I think the dude's done. I'm perfectly be honest with you. I think he's done. Uh, he he had the same injury before, right? Um, yeah, I do believe that he. Well, it's not the same injury, but he did have a, 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 a cracked vertebrae or something like that about five years ago. He did. I mean, look, right? I I don't like to see anybody get injured, but you know, I, I as a Redskins fan, I'm not unhappy that the, the Cowboys season will be tanked before it starts. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, I would rather it happen because Tony Romo decided to retire or something and, and uh, you know, go live a nice life. I don't like to see anybody get hurt, but, you know, okay. Let's bring on, bring on Zach. I mean, Dak, I always want to call him Zach for some reason. Um, um, yeah, so, so that said, Dax Prescott. I mean, can this guy really be the answer? I know you have watched way more preseason than me. I know that for a fact because you play the DFS preseason games. Is this guy the answer? Um, I, I think it's hard to say because, I mean, he's playing preseason games. You know, he played with, uh, against some ones a little bit last game. Um, and he looked good. He looked good. Um, he looks like he's, he's ready to play. Um, but I think you and I both know that you're talking about even when you're playing against ones in the preseason, you're playing against vanilla defenses. They're not blitzing, you know, they're, they're it's all just, you know, base cover two kind of stuff. And what's he going to do when the lights are on and he starts getting some crazy, crazy looks. I mean, he's just, he's a rookie. And I would expect that he's probably going to have his ups and downs this season. And, uh, but is he the answer? Maybe, probably not. So the thing I think, that's most important to us is, you know, what is Dak Prescott starting at quarterback going to do for Ezekiel Elliott? 
what is he going to do for Des Bryant? Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, you have Jason Witten there and, and the other pieces, but just like we were talking about with Minnesota, how is that going to affect uh, those, those, you know, you're, you're drafting Des Bryant in the first round in a lot of, in a lot of places, you know, do we need to drop him down? I have, I have, I, have, <laughs> I never, in fact, I never did have Des Bryant in the first round because I didn't trust Tony Romo to stay healthy. Now, do I think that Dax Prescott is better than what they had last year? Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I think the verdict is still out, but come on, last year was pathetic for their quarterback play yeah. behind Romo. So it's not hard to be better than that. Is Des healthier? Absolutely. So that's a big, big part of it. If he was, if I didn't think he was healthy, I'd put him in the fifth round, sixth round. Oh, wow. Um, you know, if, but now that he's healthy, I think he's still second round because his talent can make up for the lack of a quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, we see it all the time. Bad quarterbacks can just chuck the ball up to a receiver and the receiver will come down with it. But to get that consistency without a number, you know, a, a true NFL caliber quarterback, I don't know if we can expect that. So I always had him a little bit lower just because of that. And I feel like I was always one of the only ones that did that. Now I'm kind of in the middle. A lot of people have dropped him. Some people are still kind of buying in on him because of the preseason with Dax and whatever. You know, I, what I, I just don't know. Like, it, what do you think about Ezekiel Elliott now too? Like, because I, I never really was in on him either because I just – it's hard for me. I still don't really trust rookies. I don't know why. I'm just bad with rookies. And I don't trust them to be first-round picks. Like, we've never seen these guys play. Why are they first-round picks? Yeah. Well, before, before going to, to Elliot, though, actually, I, back on to Dez, um, I actually am one of the people that I'm not dropping him too far. Um, I think, I think that, that Prescott looks good enough that he can get in the ball. And if you remember last season, Dez's struggles were not necessarily related to poor quarterback play. I mean, that was probably 10% of it. It was mostly that he was hurt. You know, he was injured almost the whole season. So, I think it maybe knocks him down one or two spots, perhaps. But, you know, the fact that he was never a – he's not a target guy. He's more of a big play guy. Um, I still expect him to get, you know, your 11, 11 50, 1,200 yards and, and 10 touchdowns. I think I don't think that that's out of the question. And that puts him in the top 10 wide receivers, in my opinion. Um, I will say this. I think we need to have a, I think we need to have a sit-down with, Ke- with, with, with Kevin. You know, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the ranks. You know, you, you Richard – and Kevin and Kevin has Des Bryant ranked 31. That is wow. third round. I would love to get Des Bryant at pick 31. I would be doing backflips and cartwheels in my tiny little office if I got Des Bryant at pick 31. Can't say I totally blame him. I mean, like I said, you look at him. You look at him last year, and he was pretty awful with another quarterback. I mean, what do I, I have him 22. So I, I split, I split yeah. Richard and, and him. Richard's up at 13. Still, I've got him all the way at 22. Now granted, these are overall, I mean, that's still a second round pick. Um, you know, and these are standard, mm-hmm. these are standard yeah. rankings. So keep in mind, I've got a few more running backs ahead of him than I normally would in a PPR. Uh, but I, 
it's just that it's just that unknown factor for me. Like you just don't know what to expect. Eventually, there's gonna be a game where somebody's gonna figure out Dax Prescott, and he's just gonna do absolutely nothing, and then he's gonna oh. do it again, and he's gonna do it again, and he's gonna do it again because they're gonna figure him out. He's a rookie. It happens. I gotta be honest. I I disagree. I think I think there's. I think if that I think that when that happens, uh, Des Bryant goes over to uh, that you know Prescott's locker and he says, "Boy." Throw me the ball. And next game, throw me the ball twelve times, fifteen times, and and Dak will because Des Bryant is a machine and he's a beast, and Dak Prescott, Prescott likes you know winning, or at least having a chance to win. So he's going to throw the ball to Des if Des demands it. Um, but and 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 if I look at, I mean, I don't mind twenty two. Twenty two seems reasonable. Like okay, drop him down a little bit with the quarterback situation. It's a standard league, not a, you know, which actually in my opinion raises Des because he's not a volume guy. Um, but you know it, it, it's fine. But but you know Kevin's gotten below guys like Alshon Jeffrey, who again love Alshon. He's gonna play six games, eight games for you this year. Who knows? I've got, hey, know. I've got him below Alshon. Brett, yeah, I know. Do. I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, but I mean, Brandon Marshall is you know one thousand years old, and and you know he's playing for a team that whose quarterback held out. I don't see how I don't see Brandon Marshall having a better season than uh, I've got Brandon Marshall lower. So there you go. I know you. Yes. We're sort of on the same page there, but I just happen <laughs> to have Des a little lower than everybody. So um, Ezekiel Elliott now. Uh, I don't think this changes much for him, frankly. This team was going to uh, be a run first team. They were going to go back mm-hmm. to 2014 Dallas, where they basically. Uh, you know, they have a bad defense. They were going to keep their defense off the field by running the ball. This is the year that uh, uh, DeMarco Murray made all his money. And I expect them to go back to that. And the injury to Romo is probably just going to reinforce what they were already going to do. So Elliott's going to get the ball and he's going to get the ball a ton. And he's, you know, he's behind, you know, a top five offensive line. The question I have for you is how many games is Elliott going to play in his first NFL season Coming off, coming out of college, where you don't play 16 games, you don't get beat, you know, beat to high hell by you know 300 pound linemen that run as fast as you do, you know, and linebackers hitting you at at you know crazy speeds. You don't have that when you're playing, you know, College of Charleston. So, is, is Elliott going to be able to hold up for 16 games, or do people? Yeah, that's a, have that's a good question, and I want to say Elliott dealt with some injuries at Ohio State. Um, but I could be completely wrong about that. I'm I'm just not really sure. But it, I mean, he doesn't have to have an injury history to to be. I mean, I, I, it's just me, and this may be anecdotal, but it seems like these these players that come in highly touted as rookies that even when they do well, they always get hurt, hamstring, quad, things like that, because their body's not ready for the kind of abuse they're going to take at the NFL level, and they have to do it for sure. more games. You know, and if you take you take a guy like uh, uh, Elliot, who he's not going to be, you know, he's going to be on the field seventy percent of the time. That's a lot yeah. of action for a guy that's never had it before. Um, and to me, that doesn't mean you, you should change your ranking or you should change drafting him. It just means you probably want to make sure either you have enough backup, enough, enough enough running backs on your roster for when he does get hurt that you're able to accommodate, or you need to go out and get Alfred Morris um, and and or Darren McFadden when he comes back. Yeah, sure. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say. I wonder if thinking about it that way makes Alfred Morris, in my opinion, more valuable. And then McFadden, once he returns, or I don't know. 
I don't wonder if they're going to go back to McFadden at this point. Alfred Morris has looked good. Yeah. They don't seem to but, like McFadden as much, but, you know, he's been hurt. And I tell you what, I mean, any running back behind that, that offensive line, is, you know, as, as McFadden showed you last season, is going to have some, some success. So, you know, it's, if you draft Elliott, I think you need to make sure you invest in another running back uh, from the Cowboys or be ready to snatch him up off of waivers um, if and absolutely. when that, that injury does happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, man, with both of those teams. You know, losing your starting quarterback is never an easy thing. Um, pretty much cans your entire season, which which means we'll probably see both teams at top at the draft next year. Um, the Vikings, I wonder, wonder knowing how devastating this injury can be to Bridgewater if they're going to go draft a quarterback. That'd be, that'd I be would. Next year. Yeah, me too. I mean, um, he basically shattered his knee. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, multiple ligament tears, uh, uh, you know, the whole thing, like it's bad. And, you know, will he come, will he ever come back? It's probably worth asking if you're, if you're the GM of the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll, it'll be a storyline come next year for sure. So we've got a couple, a couple teams that, you know, that, we thought we had a good grasp as to what their receiver landscape was looking like. And now things seem to have kind of turned on their heads. And I'll be honest, I, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth and I keep moving these guys because I'm not really sure what to do with them. One day I'm like, meh, maybe here, maybe, nope, never mind. I don't like him today. Today I like him, you know, type of thing. Start with Miami and – Devontae Parker was supposed to be, you know, the guy behind behind Landry. And everybody was hyping him up. Uh, second year, you know, he, he showed some flashes last year. Uh, they, and now there's there's just a lot of negativity coming out of out of him. And, uh, you know, Adam Gase definitely called him out. Uh, I have the quote here. He needs to do the little things off the field to stay healthy. You know, I guess he's dealing with a hamstring injury and he's just been kind of frustrated with him all throughout camp. And now they're saying that Kenny Stills, of all people, is moving up and past him on the depth chart, which is, which is pretty crazy. I mean, Kenny Stills, that's not a good sign. Uh, yeah. What, what, are, what are you thinking here? I mean, obviously it's Landry and then – who are you grabbing next from Miami if you were if you were to be forced to take take one of these guys? Well, I think it's Stills. I think it has to be Stills. If I mean, if you're drafting a second wide receiver from Miami, which at this point I'm not sure I would recommend, at least not with a you know a mid round draft pick. Um, I think you know, like most folks in the offseason, looking at what Parker did at the end of the year, feeling good about him. You know, I wouldn't even call him the number two in Miami because Landry's more of the Landry's the slot guy. You know, so Landry's going to get his, but having a guy like Parker on the outside opens up the offense. Um, they would take more shots with him. Um, but uh, he's just too much negative. Too many negative things coming out. You know, even even the positive things are negative. He's just he's not playing, and when he does, he's not good. Um, and one of the, the most overlooked reasons to sort of stay away from a guy like Parker is Tannehill. Tannehill can't get the ball down the field. 
Never has. Right. He throws, he throws a terrible deep ball. So, but isn't so, that what Stills is good at? Is running deep? That's what's crazy. Why I don't know why everyone's talking up Stills as if Tannehill's going to be able to get him the ball. Now, if you ask me to draft a second wide receiver, I guess I'm going to take Stills because he's currently operating in, the, in that number two spot. He's going to, you know, he's going to get more looks than Parker, which you know is what we want. But I'm mostly staying away entirely from Miami, other than other than drafting Landry in PPR leagues. Um, and I mean, I guess I, I'll also draft Landry in, in standard leagues, but he, he's getting picked a little higher than I would like. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Miami's offense is going to be lackluster, to say the least, this year. You know, last year, remember, we all thought that Miami's offense was about to take a really good turn. They were about to, you know, open the floodgates to, you know, a massive season from, from Tannehill, and then he fell on his face. Um, I think their defense is bad. And I don't think that their pieces are very good on, on offense. You know, an aging Arian Foster, a guy in J.H.I. who they basically do not like at all. You know, so what's there to like? I'll take Landry and his, you know, 190 targets, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I've been flip-flopping. And, you know, just the other day I had Stills higher – and I think last night I kind of swapped it back. I, I, I'm just not really sure just because, you know, like we said, Tannehill can't get still the ball. That's his game. He runs deep. And I just don't – even even if Parker's the third wide receiver, I mean, he still might have more fantasy points at the end of the day than still. It's just kind of what I'm thinking. Um, you know, put him in the slot a few times. He can – he can go him underneath and get the ball. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. I'm, I like. I agree with you 100%. I'm kind of staying away from everybody except for Landry on that team. Um, the the well, other team though that that they have a, a little bit of a wide receiver conundrum is Tennessee. Kendall Wright's hurt, uh, and they traded Doriel Green Beckham, and. <laughs> A disaster that was. So now they're kind of left with Tajay Sharp and and Matthews over there. And for a few weeks there, right after the Dorio Green Beckham trade, everybody was like, oh, Matthews, Matthews is going to be the guy. He's absolutely like he was getting all the hype from the camp, you know, the, the beat writers and everybody else. And then like it really quickly switched to Sharp. Just this last week, everything was focused on Sharp. And Matthews barely played past preseason game, I feel like. It, it, maybe I'm getting the players mixed up. But uh, is, is Tajay Sharp, you know, the guy that you're targeting from, from that team? You can probably get all of these guys still pretty cheap in draft. Yeah. Um. I would say, I guess, I, I was on the on the Rashard Matthews train as much as one can be on the Tennessee passing offense. And I feel like a little bit of a broken record after talking about uh, the Vikings and talking about Miami. I mean, this is another passing offense that I basically don't want any part of um, in, in redraft leagues, of course. Now, if I'm drafting Dynasty, give me all the all, all the sharp, all the sharp. Um, I blame, I blame uh, a couple of things. I blame preseason DFS for sharp. Um, because that's a guy. That's a guy we, you know, I've been playing the last two weeks, and obviously it's worked out pretty, pretty well for me. Um, but he's getting the looks. He's getting the number one receiver treatment. Um, my thing is, Rashard Matthews is, 
has established himself in the league to a certain extent. You know, he was with Miami, obviously, um, and he did well there. Uh, so I think he's. I think if I'm drafting one outside of flyer, flyer territory, it's probably Matthews. I think he's still. I think he's still going to operate with, and get the most targets. Um, but if I'm, you know, let's say I have five wide receivers already, and I feel pretty good about, you know, my core group, I would draft Sharp um, as an upside play. But you know, these rookie wide receivers. Everyone's got, got, you know, the glory of the 2012 class or whichever class, you know, Beckham and, and all those guys were in, you know, that was an amazing class. And those guys are, were tearing it up. I do, I just don't, I don't think that, you know, you get these, these, you know, she, you know Sterling Shepard, Sterling Shepard, um, that's not his name. Uh, uh, you get guys like uh, Sharp, Shepard in, in New York, uh, you know, uh, guy in Cleveland. I don't, I just don't see these guys doing much to make it worth drafting them in redraft leagues. You know, these are guys that are going to sit on the end of your bench until you cut them. You're never going to be able to start them with, and, and have them do anything. Um, you know, even when you had that, that great class, like how soon, how soon did you put these guys, you know, actually in your starting lineup? I, I, you know, picked up Odell Beckham in every single league I was in that year before he went off. And it still took me three weeks to put him in the game because, you know, yeah, hard to trust all, rookies, man. Right. How do you, I mean, Next game, you know, he may go, he may go seven, seven for a buck ten and a touchdown one game, and the next game he go one for six because he ran all of his routes wrong or he wasn't blocking downfield or any number of reasons. You know, these guys stop stop getting looks. So I would I would go ahead and and take Sharp if you're looking for like, hey, I'll just take a flyer on a guy I may cut in a week. Um, but if you do need someone that's you know going to get five six targets a game um, to sort of round out a, a wide receiver three position or or maybe you know bi-week flex spot, then I would probably look at Matthews. Yeah, I mean, I I took Matthews a couple of times a little earlier, back when he was getting, you know, a lot of love from beat writers and, and the coaches. I took him in a couple different leagues that drafted really early August when all that was happening. And, yeah, now I'm kind of regretting it. But, you know, <laughs> still, I, I got him. I got him, like – the last three rounds of the draft. I mean, it was like really late, you know, and, yeah, and sharp, fine. sharp in a, in a league this weekend, I got him, you know, for, you know, fourth to last round or whatever it was. I mean, I'm not relying on these guys. They've just got upside because they're the targets on those teams. But do they have upside? Do they have upside? And I guess that's one thing that to look at, you know, I'm even, I'm looking at your rankings right now and uh, you know, would you rather have sharp Matthews or would you rather have, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, Will Fuller in Houston. You know, for a while there it would have been Stephon Diggs, obviously not anymore. Um, no. You know, would you rather have Torrey Smith in San Francisco, Funches in Carolina? These are guys that are all going around the same draft spots as your, your Tajay Sharp, who's shooting up draft boards. And, you know, you got a guy like Funches who has played in the league a year, who's looking like he may be the number one in uh, uh, Carolina. You got Willie Sneed down there, the same same area. Yep. You know I mean, this is a guy that caught Willie Sneed. I mean, he's how many balls did he catch last year? I mean, he had at least six or seven touchdowns, and he was uh, uh you know he was injured for part of the year. Um, you know, Philip Dorsett playing with Andrew Luck. I mean, these are all guys that I think I would be selecting over a Tennessee wide receiver. I, to be fair, I got Funches. And sharp in my league this weekend, so I'm kind of going in on both of them. You know, I mean, at that point, like I said, I'm just I'm just drafting guys who I think might even have a remote chance. Because look, 
it's I look, it's either I draft them or I do draft a guy like Snead who actually only got three touchdowns last year. So oh, as much hype as Snead's getting, he actually wasn't as good as everybody's thinking. Like it's crazy. You like, think I, he's he getting hyped? I don't think he's getting hyped not. enough that people are taking taking him thinking he's going to be like a legit flex option and I don't think that that's the case. As a, I mean, I as the number two option in a Drew Brees New Orleans Saints passing attack, I don't know how you can't want a piece of that. There's no more Colston there. There's no more Jimmy Graham there. I mean, he's gonna he's the number two target. Mm, we'll see. Michael Thompson. There, Michael Thompson. Michael Thomas can't even won't get on the field. He's not in two wide receiver sets. We've seen so many times. And we're getting off a little off target. We we've seen too many times with Drew Brees where everybody except for his main target and sometimes even his main guy catch two passes a game for 15 yards for like four weeks straight and you lose your freaking mind because they have six good receivers, two really awesome receivers, and that's the two that they use. Drew Brees is an awesome quarterback to own. I absolutely dread owning his receivers. I mean, I'm looking – I look at – look at. Uh, I mean, you're right about the three touchdowns. So, I think he's actually due for some touchdown regression. But if I look at what, um, you know, what Snead did last year, I mean, he's got games with six targets, 12 targets, eight targets, seven targets, ten targets, eight, seven, 11, six, seven, six. I mean, the games where he don't, doesn't get injured, he's getting the ball at least six times. You know, and in a Drew Brees offense that presses the ball down the field where you're the number two, maybe 2A, two 2B two option, if you, if you think about – um. Uh, uh, who's the tight end there now? It's Fleener. Uh, I I think that he'd be better served to grab a guy like Snead in a high-powered offense than a guy like Sharp in a low-powered offense. Oh yeah, no. So I got I got to close that out. So I did look. I I do have Snead ranked higher than all of them than than yeah, all of those does. players you mentioned. So let's let's. You know, clear that up right now. Absolutely, he is ranked higher. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, where I got them in the draft. I got them super late in the draft. I figured, why not? Sneed was already gone by that point, so I, I knocked him out of the equation. You know, I drafted him over guys like, you know, I drafted over Boyd. I figured they're kind of, you know, they're kind of the same, um, both rookie guys. You know, I drafted him over guys like Garcon, which who knows? Yeah. Um, at that point, Diggs, Diggs was, you know, kind of right in the mix there before those types of players were, where they all kind of had the same type of value. And it's like, well, I got to take a chance on one. I'm hearing a lot of good things out of Sharp. Why not? You know, so this is kind of the way it fell. So a um, couple, couple more things, though, before, you know, before we close out the show, we got about 10 minutes. Uh, wanted to get your take here. We are Redskins fans, so Keith Marshall is done for the year. You know, Matt Jones is already injured, Does, but he's supposed to be ready for week one. Is this raising your stock of Matt Jones, or are you kind of leaving him where he is? Um, I mean, for me, this doesn't change much for Matt Jones because I don't. I didn't ever thought that he was going to get spelled by, by Keith Marshall. Um, he was going to get all the carries that he could handle. Um, the problem, of course, is how many can he actually handle? He was hurt last year, too. Um, so I, 
I'm not particularly high on the Redskins running game, but you know, if you're thinking about a volume play, uh, then I think Matt Jones is the kind of guy you could you know, definitely snag in, in your mid rounds as a guy that's going to be the, the number one guy if he's not hurt with nobody behind him. Um, the only thing to consider with him is he's going to he's not going to be on the field in passing situations. So right, uh, the that's going to be Thompson. And- yeah, but that doesn't change my. I mean, I, I'm not really high on on Matt Jones. I wasn't last year either. I don't. I felt like the whole world was in love with him. Um, at least here in, in our world in, in Washington, yeah. D.C., um, was in love with him, you know, because you had slow-footed Alfred Morris, you know, running into, running into the backs of his linemen. Um, and so when you have that, of course, you know, the shiny new toy is going to look good. But the reality is that uh, he, he has a fumbling problem and he has an injury problem. Um, and I don't really think he has great vision. You know, me being the, the great NFL scout here on this <laughs> podcast with you. Um, but all in all, I think the Redskins run game this season is going to be a train wreck, um, which is great for all the shares of, uh, 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 Kirk I'm going to have, um, in DFS this year, going to have all the Kirk, all the Kirk cousins. Explain to me this then, because I, cause I, I do agree with you, but I remember I, I texted you the other day, we were talking about, uh, offensive line rankings and I said, Pro Football Focus actually has the Redskins as the number 12 ranked offensive line. Now, it's not great, but it is way better than I thought it was going to be when I saw their name up there. And granted, they also uh, don't say Washington Redskins. They just said Washington. I remember that's what I texted you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that was actually the conversation. But now that you mention it, 12? That seems high. It seems um, really high. Everybody is like – we're making fun of Tyler for because he's like ripping himself for drafting Matt Jones in the ninth round of an NS, NSFC I mean, draft. Are you like, kidding? Ninth round? Hell I'm yeah, I'm thinking in the ninth round. But I'm kidding. Again, backflips, little room. That's what I'd be. Yeah, doing. no kidding. I was I would be ecstatic getting Matt Jones in the ninth round. But you know we're making fun of him because the Redskins have a terrible offensive line. But you go look at these sites that rank offensive lines and they've got them fairly high. So I don't get it. But I mean, like, does this? What, what do you think about this Robert Kelly guy? I mean, I I literally know nothing about this guy. I don't know if you know much about him at all. <laughs> what I know about Robert Kelly is what I know from watching him play last week, which is he looked just fine against backups. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's possible I had a couple of shares of him in, in DFS tournaments last week, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, he, he sees him in. <laughs> I think he's going to play a lot, of course. He's fine. I mean, he's and in my opinion, he's not much different than Matt Jones. I mean, like they're both just guys. And you know, this is the NFL in 2016, so most running backs are sort of just guys anyway. Um, on a lot of teams, I mean, there's not that many Adrian Petersons left in the world. Um, but you know, Robert Kelly, he's okay. I mean, if he has to play, I, I you know, I don't think that it's a huge downgrade from Matt from Matt Jones if we, if Kelly has to play. Um, it's really all about Kirk, and it's all about those right receivers and it's all about Jordan Reed um, and Sean McVay getting the right plays in there. So it's it's going to be about that Redskins passing game. And if you're looking in your draft and you're looking, you know, for some guys with upside, I would definitely take a look at the Redskins receiving core. I mean, nobody likes drafting Deshaun Jackson, but you know, before he left the game last week, I mean, he caught like five, five, five and five targets for, you know, 60 or some odd yards. I mean, the guy was, was great. Um, When he's in there, he's legit. You know, nobody, nobody wants to draft Pierre Garçon, but, you know, there's a reasonable expectation. He may get 70, 80 catches this season. 
Um, and the really? guy everybody's sleeping on is uh, uh, the slot guy, uh, Jamison Crowder. Jamison now, Crowder. If you're not, do not draft. Let me tell you right now, do not draft Jamison Crowder in a standard league. He's a PPR guy, uh, PPR flex sort of bye week guy. I mean, but he could catch sixty. He got sixty balls last year, I think. He could catch eighty balls this year out of the slot. Yeah. Um, you know, think about all those linebackers sliding over to, co- to cover Jordan Reed going up the seam. Here's here's a, a, a Crowder in the slot taking those taking that you know seven to ten yard target. You know, I, I think he could be real legit. So I wouldn't spend too much of an investment on the Redskins running game. It's the bottom line there. Yeah, no, I I agree. I've been kind of staying away when whenever I I see him up on the draft board and you know there's other guys kind of like him around you know still available. I go, yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. <laughs> this kind of happens. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from a Redskins fan. Maybe I just am always down. I'm I'm hard on my own team. I am. It's been kind of my thing for a long time. But I don't know, man. I don't. I just don't see it going too well for Matt Jones me neither I mean I'm looking at again I like to I like to use your ranks because they give me a good good idea of of where people should be you know I mean he's being drafted around you know I would say you got around you know Gio Bernard I'd rather have him I'd rather but is it crazy I'd rather have an old Arian Foster than Matt Jones <laughs> yeah no no I, I agree. Um, agree you know now I'll tell you who I don't want more than Matt Jones and that is Frank Gore and I think you and I have had conversations about me drafting Frank Gore as part of my zero RB strategy, but I am done. I am out on Frank Gore. He looks terrible, and that in the offensive line looks real bad. And I'm telling you, everybody's everybody's jumping on the Indianapolis bandwagon right now. They're 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 draft overdrafting Luck. They're overdrafting Hilton. They're overdrafting Moncrief. Um, they're overdrafting Frank Gore, and I think they're going to struggle especially early in the year until their offensive line gets healthy. Um, I just, they didn't, they've looked really bad this preseason. Aren't you overdrafting all those players except for Frank Gore? <laughs> Perhaps. Wait, wait a minute. I am. <laughs> Are you talking about other people or are you talking about yourself? I, I am talking about me, except I've only had three, <laughs> three of my drafts so far. I've still got plenty more drafts to go, but, but I think, um, I think I'm going to not try to get too many more shares of, of these. Of, well, here's the thing. I still want some shares of that offense. I think the offense is, is going to be fine. And, and in the, in the overall sense, like they're still going to score points, but I think that, you know, if you're still looking at T Y Hilton and, and you're looking at uh, the guys around him, you know, and you know, you talk again, we talked about Dez earlier, Brandon cooks, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, um, you know, Jordy Nelson, I think, I'm starting to slide Hilton closer to the bottom of that group than the top of that group. And I, and a week ago I I had Hilton at the top of that group. And now I think he's, he's sliding down for me just because a Moncrief will probably take a step forward and B that offense just looks so bad. Um, So bad, but you know, big time worry there. That's, I think that's going to be the biggest issue for them. Luck is going to get killed. Yeah. Didn't they? They tried to. They actually tried to uh, upgrade that offensive line this offseason, but I guess it didn't work. <laughs> well, uh, they lost somebody uh, like this past week or the week before, and I started off right tackle. I think. Yeah, they did. Um, but it's just luck. You know, first of all, luck is about a you know fifty eight percent 
completion percentage guy anyway, and he throws a ton of interceptions. And I think people have are still stuck on number one draft pick Andrew Luck. You know, he was a sure thing, um, but he, the guy throws a lot of interceptions and he takes a lot of bad hits. And as we saw last year, it only takes one of those bad hits to ruin the entire season. So that's my Andrew Luck take. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess when all is said and done, I mean, Matt Jones, I think we both agree, kind of late. You know, yeah. mid, or middle middle round running back, more more of a zero running back theory uh, uh, option than I anything. Say, I don't like him. I don't like him as an, as a zero running back guy. He doesn't have much. I don't like his upside. I like him as a if you drafted wide receivers early and you need a an RB two or, or an RB three that sort of got volume, he's your guy. You know. Yeah, but Matt but, Jones is at least going to give volume. That's what I have. So, you know, zero running back theory, that's kind of what you're going for sometimes there, too. You just want guys that are going to get the ball and, you know, might be able to get you 10 points just from touching the ball. But Well, anyway. we could do a whole other show on zero RB. Maybe you'll let me one day. <laughs> I got, hey, I got a whole other crop of people I got to please, too, man. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. So let's do some, some like rapid fire here, you know, like a minute or so on, on, on these last couple of news items. A um, couple more injury things, two tight ends. And let's start with Ladarius Green. Finally hit the pup. We have no idea what's going on here. But, man, this guy this guy's clearly not draftable at this point in any leagues. Oh, but no. you think this guy's coming back? This season? Like, I have no idea. <sighs> I have no – honestly, I'd I have no idea either. And you and I have talked about this. I mean, I I was – you know, you and I are in a dynasty league together, and I acquired Ladarius Green. Yes, um, and I dropped him in the Scott Fish Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you know, I acquired Green, and I was feeling pretty good about myself, and now I have I have no idea. Honestly, I feel bad for the guy. I, I hope he – I hope that he gets it figured out, whatever it is, and can get back on the field because he's a talented guy, and, and you know, you know for all we know, hasn't really done anything to make us mad. So, you know, if it, it sounds like he's got concussion symptoms and, and headaches that won't go away, but yeah. they keep denying it, and who knows? Honestly, he is 100% untouchable in redraft leagues, and he's borderline flyer, that's it material for, for dynasties. I mean, I you can't touch this guy. Yeah, it sucks, man. I, I drafted him in Sky Fishbowl, and Thankfully, you and I kind of like did that draft together. Um, thankfully, I talked to him to making me draft a uh, backup tight end because I would have been screwed for week one because you can't pick up anybody till after week one. Oh, man. Who are yeah, I would have been royally screwed. I think my backup's Clive Walford. Oh, okay. We'll see. Well, it's not terrible, yeah. but it could he's be hurt, worse. though. So. <laughs> oh, no, God. <laughs> I don't know if I picked up on that yet. He's not he's oh. not listed on the Oakland Raiders injury list. I'm looking at it right now. Hang on, I'm gonna tell you. Oh no, okay, he came back. He came back. All okay. right. I was gonna say I thought he was anyway. So another tight end. Um I believe he's done for the year is um Watson, Ben Watson from Baltimore. Yeah. Man. Um kinda came out of nowhere, man. It 
you know, everybody was kind of buying up some Ben Watson shares, but I mean, uh, Pitta, uh, whoever else they got there, I'm blank. Uh, also, also, also injured. Crocky Gilmore. Yeah, Gilmore. I think Gilmore's hurt too. I'm about to, I'm about to tell you all of the people, all, all of the uh, tight ends that are hurt for Baltimore. For Baltimore. Um, so, so Baltimore. So Pitta, so is questionable with a finger. Max Williams questionable, but they're calling undisclosed. Obviously, they just lost um, uh, 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 Watson. Watson for the season. Uh, Nick Boyle is suspended. So, I mean, who's there? Who's left? I mean, Crockett Gil- is Crockett Gilmore Max Williams? I mean, yeah, if Max Williams plays, he's currently questionable for Week One. Is he? I don't yeah. see him on this list for some reason. I'm looking at Roto yeah. World, and I don't see him oh, on here. But now look at um. I find the best resource for injuries is actually CBS NFL injury. They're one of the few sites that actually have literally just a list of injuries as opposed to Roto World where you kind of have to read each individual player. No, um, the, the, Roto World has an injury list. It's it's usually kept up to date pretty well, so I'm kind of surprised that he's not on here. But, um, I see it now. Um, yeah, it's on there. It's, down, it's broken down by team. But, yeah, I mean, can you – I guess it's Crockett Gilmore. I mean, are you, are you taking Crockett Gilmore? No, I'm not. I'm not taking. I'm not taking any part of the Baltimore passing game. I feel like I've been very negative this podcast. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of places I'm not going. A lot of people I'm not taking. Um, but no, I don't. Yeah, I'm I don't pretty want sure you don't. I'm pretty sure you can't draft a fantasy football team. You hate so many players, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. If you, if you could just take like. You know, you're, you're prized indie players, although I thought they were prized, but now you're kind of down on them. So I don't know what you're going to do with half your teams that own three of their receivers. And yeah. then <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, man. Um, well, I mean, one, of my, one of my strategies in, in, in drafting is generally, and I know that I'm sort of changing my tune a little bit on, on Indianapolis, but I do try to get lots of shares of, of a small core of players. So th- there are a lot of people I don't like and I pretty much won't draft. Um, and I keep my core small. It helps a lot with my stress levels during the season because most of my teams look the same. So I don't have to, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, two teams playing and ha- you know, one squad's got players from the other squad's opponent or anything like that. So um, at least it works out well for my, for my stress. Yeah, no, I, I kind of do the same thing, even though I, I go in every year thinking I'm going to do the opposite and kind of, you know, get shares of a bunch of different players. But I just always find myself drafting the same guys. I think well, I own Joe. Julius Thomas in like five leagues, and I hate it, but I do. <laughs> well, Joe, that's what happens when you're right so much. You don't have to. You don't that have to. That is, that, that is true. That That's, um, yeah. I don't I don't like to brag, but, yep, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. You're right. <laughs> Everybody, everybody quickly turns off the podcast. Um, right. <laughs> no, don't go. I promise we're not that full of ourselves. Um, so last injury, this one's maybe not as big, but Bruce Ellington, San Fran. I mean, he was kind of like a real deep flyer, like, you know, last round type of guy in most leagues, maybe even not. But he was somebody that was getting drafted here and there, I noticed. Um, San Fran, though, kind of a – crapshoot of players there. I don't think anybody was relying on any of them except maybe Hyde. And <laughs> I mean, anything there with Ellington, 
I mean, I, I think he was a guy I was looking at. Um, I wasn't getting much of him because, again, of where I'm drafting my receivers. But, um, you know, because of, because of the pace of Chip Kelly's offense, you figure, you know, more targets, more plays. Um, Ellington's the guy they've been talking up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he was a San Francisco wide receiver. You know, slot, he's a slot wide receiver in San Francisco for a team that's going to score 17 points a game. You know, how, how, I don't know how much targeting you can really do for a guy like that. Having said that, his injury definitely takes him off the board. So, you know, well, of course, you know, he's done. He's done for the years on the IR. Yeah, but I mean, now you know that just means more people to take Sharp and some of these other other flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he definitely falls into the category of guys that, like, I guess if you know he's sitting there, I may take him. But all the guys I mentioned before that are going as flyers, I'd like better. I'd even probably rather take uh, uh, JJ Nelson from from Arizona. Than mm. of Bruce Ellington because JJ Nelson, at least if, if he gets that injury to get in the game, he's got the skills and he's got the, the, the offense to, to really make some noise. That's, that's interesting. That is very interesting. I like to spit hot takes at the end of podcasts. JJ Nelson. All right. Um, so we usually close out our show with some Twitter questions. But for some reason, I am missing all of them on my Twitter feed. Um, I, see my, I see my baseball ones, but I don't see my football ones. And I don't know how well you can answer baseball. I mean, I know you play DFS, but slightly <laughs> different. Um, I mean, um, I, can, I can try to help. So, all right, we'll, we'll go here with, with a couple baseball ones. And sorry, I'm going to have to play my, my cheesy Twitter music for you, just because you All probably right. haven't heard it. Oh, my. Yes. yes, yes. Yes, we do this every week. It is pretty awesome. All right, I'm coming um, to your house to make fun of you in person. <laughs> I'm sure you will. See you in an hour. Um, <laughs> so, head-to-head points league need a DH. Wilson Ramos, uh, Schimpf. From San Diego, Estrubal Cabrera, Will Myers, or Alex Gordon. Actually, me and Tyler Thompson went back and forth on this because he tweeted Tyler Thompson as well, and we disagreed on this. So, do you want to give an answer, or you know, you're not you're <laughs> uh, not qualified? I mean, my, it's up to you. Well, my my initial thought would be Wilson Ramos. I mean, he's the best catcher in in baseball, in my opinion. Um, so. Alex Gordon, I mean, Shrimp strikes strikes out too much. No thanks. What? Wait, I might be thinking. Yeah, you better answer this because all of my baseball <laughs> numbers just like uh, my so. Head so time. I said Shrimp. Uh, the guy's been on fire since the break. Uh, he's been great. And Tyler Thompson actually helped me back this up. He said his ISO is three seventy one, which, to Tyler's point, he said was not sustainable. I sort of agree. But and he said, is Will Myers hurt or something like? You know, he's my choice. And my, oh, did my you see Will, back, Will Myers was in that list? My point of that was Will Myers has been absolutely dreadful since the All-Star break. He says four home runs, he's batting like 200. He was my guy pre, pre-break. Yeah, he no, was, he was a lot of people's guy pre-break. And he's been pathetic since. Oh, man. I wonder um, if people are, like, asking me questions on Twitter and then deleting them. No, so their friends don't see my answers or something because they are just straight up gone. Oh, I don't know. It's possible you don't That's, know how to work Twitter. Dude, I do this every week. 
I have I no mean, idea what's going on. I, I play I play daily fantasy baseball every week. I didn't mean I knew how to play. <laughs> don't don't tell people that, man. We're supposed to like promote you and say you're our guy. <laughs> I am for football, for football, sir. Oh, all right, all right. Anyway, since I can't find the other ones, man, we'll just we'll just wrap it up here and call it a show. Why no, um, why no Ramos though? Why why no why no Wilson Ramos? No Wilson Ramos love. I just feel like I mean, I mean, so in head to head points, well, I mean head to head points is a little different. Ramos could be a bit more valuable in that league, but to me, catchers just don't do enough, even the best ones, to put you over top of like a good position player you know even, i mean yeah it's just even even in uh posey's best days i mean he was at best like a third round pick and there's just so many guys that were better than him um because as a catcher and and david ganos has come on here and said this before you know it's kind of the same thing with tight ends you're so worried about other things on the field you know you've got to worry about defense pitchers you know, the other team's batters, things like that. They, offense isn't your first priority as a catcher, you know. So, of course. Uh, it's just even the best catchers just, just don't get it done, it seems like. so. Well, let me throw a couple of numbers at you, and you can tell me if these numbers matter in, in season long. Um, these are the things that I, you know, would look at in, in, in daily. But, you know, he's got 13% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate. So 7% is a little bit low. 13% for, for K rates, really good. You know, league average is about 19, 20%. Um, he's got a 198 ISO, uh, 130 WRC plus, 369 WOBA on the season. I mean, do those, do those things matter when you're thinking about uh, head-to-head play and, and season-long versus, versus so, the other? So they, so they matter as far as, you know, secondary stats. They kind of back up why a player is succeeding or he's failing. Um, but the things that you worry most about in, in season long baseball leagues are, you know, runs, home runs, RBI, things like that. You know, the things that get you points, you know, kind of, you know, DFS, you know, you, you're using those as reasons to pick those guys. And, and so I right. get it. Like they're, they're, they're nice analytical stats, but sometimes you just got to go with the hot bat and Schimpf is, clearly the hot bat right now. I mean, the guy's crushing the ball. Um, I, I don't, I don't claim to, you know, think it's absolute there that he's definitely the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm fine. I'm fine with Ramos. I'm fine with Will Myers. If you want to, if you think he's going to bounce back to his pre all-star, uh, you better hurry up. Break days. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, sometimes in baseball, like these guys, the teams that win the championships in baseball are the teams that pick up these just these hot bats for like one, two weeks, and then they drop them for the next hot bat, and they drop them for the next hot bat. You know, you've got that like one or two rotating spot, and you just do it for the entire playoff, and it just works out. You know, why take a guy who's struggling to the tune of 200, you know, batting yeah. average, when you've got a guy batting, you know, 280, crushing 12 home runs in three weeks? Something like yeah, that. that. Sounds, Shimp might that sounds have like something I want on my roster. Yeah, exactly. So, it you know, it's whatever. I did find a, a, a football question. So, let's close out with this one just real quick. Full point PPR, would you rather have Devonta Freeman or Amari Cooper? I know you're a receiver guy, but just hmm. act like you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, that can't, I definitely can't do that. So, it's, it's, it's Amari Cooper or Devonta Freeman. Full PPR – um, 
I think I'm going to say it's Cooper, and I have a couple of reasons. The first reason being I don't believe in Devonta Freeman. Um, I think regression's coming for him in the tune, to the tune of Tevin Coleman getting more touches, um, the Atlanta offense not being as good, uh, Coleman not being as, as productive. Um, and, you know, I mean, we all saw what happened at the end of last season. He, you know, he got worse as the season went on, not better. Um, and True. So, I, so I think it's Cooper, Cooper for the upside. Um, Cooper is due for some significant touchdown regret progression or, or regression in the opposite way. He only had, what, two touchdowns last year or something like that. Um, he's going to get more. Than it wasn't season. a lot. That's yeah, for sure. going to get more than a lot. The Oakland, the Oakland offense is better. Um, so for my money in a full PPR, I'm probably going with, uh, going with Cooper. But I will caveat it to say it's not it's, – it's a close decision. It's a close it, decision. It is. I, I'm a, I'm in, I'm in the Freeman camp. Uh, I'm kind of one of the remaining Freeman people out there. I feel like uh, I still believe that he's, you know, is he going to have that those 350 point games in a row or whatever he had that kind of project, you know, that kind of propelled him mm-hmm. to the number one player last year? No. Um, but is he going to be as bad as as last year? at the end of the year? No, I don't think so. Either. I mean, I think he did. I think he broke down. I kind of actually think having Coleman there might help him because he Maybe. did have to carry all of the load all season long. It might keep him a little fresh. I know that's kind of like opposite thinking like, Oh, another no. guy there might hurt him, but I think it could help him. You know, I, Coleman, I mean, do we really, do we think he's going to like take over? No, but and do they are going to split 50-50? No, all signs are pointing to Freeman still getting the majority of the work there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I still think it's, it's Freeman because he does catch a lot of passes out of the backfield, and that kind of keeps him close to Cooper as far as receptions. You know, that, 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 that kind of counters the, the boost that Cooper would have gotten being a receiver in a PPR. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's why I go with um, you're saying basically that uh, we basically have helped no one because we both exactly. had different answers. Okay, great. Exactly. <laughs> um, just you know, we went in doubt, draft a wide receiver. That's my that's my opinion. I, I agree, but so I'm I'm the way I look at these questions is just who would I rather have, not who would I rather draft in the second round. The question is who would sure. you rather have, and it's Freeman because I think he's going to score more points. So, um, I, at, at Super 12 Joe, I go with Freeman. <laughs> Richard says Freeman also, whatever it's yes. for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Richard's chiming in here on, uh, on, on Slack. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, well, that's all we've got for the night. Uh, so we will definitely have to get you on here again. I know we say that all the time, but it just doesn't happen for some reason. So we'll have to bring you on. As you can tell, the show's on Wednesdays now. So not Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's all I've got for the night. You got anything else? No, no. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, be sure, uh, all listeners out there, be sure to follow me at the leaf node, you know, T H E L E A F N O D E. Um, I, you know, usually post my, uh, uh, my article there when it goes up and I'll post, uh, you know, general DFS things there and answer any questions people have. Um, I know it's been great. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you on, man. And uh, yeah, everybody have a good night. And hopefully next week we'll have a show. My my wife is expecting to give birth next week at some point. So show may be canceled, kind of up in the air. Stay All tuned. right. Uh, we're, in we may, the, we're in the window. Hopefully I can find a hopefully yeah, hopefully I can find a a replacement host for the week, but we shall see. Priorities will will be a baby and wife. So uh, if I do not talk to you all before then, good luck in week one. If if uh but otherwise just be on the lookout for a show next Wednesday at eight thirty. See y'all, have a good night. Good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.